okay, but, you know, like small groups or, you know, get various levels of, of grouping together. Community is a really important thing. And it's something that the world doesn't have a lot of. But in the church, in the kingdom of God, we, it's, it's a great asset that we can, we can learn how to and we can uh, really value uh, community. So what I want to do this morning is actually to zoom in a little bit on that, about community, to the area of friendship, because there's something I believe that the Lord uh, certainly put on my heart this week, and, and I want to share with you this morning about building a culture of friendship in the church. Uh, you know, people already identify this as a friendly church. I have heard so many people who've come here as visitors and say, oh, look, we just, it was such a friendly place. Everyone welcomed us, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I love that. I, I love to hear those reports. And uh, we, we, we want, you know, as we get bigger, here's what happens. You, you know the story. As a church gets bigger, it's not that it necessarily becomes unfriendly. It's just more difficult to maintain that same kind of friendliness. So I'm not against big church. And we are, we're on quite a growth trajectory at the moment. So if you only like small, uh, I hate to disappoint you, but we're probably going to become bigger, maybe even big one day. Who knows? But, but here's the thing. I'm determined, and I hope you can be as determined as me, that we can work to maintain that friendly approach so that when anyone walks in as a first-time visitor or whenever uh, as a visitor, that they sense that there's an acceptance, there's a, there's a grace, there's a love that people... Uh, they're accepted uh, in, in, uh, in the church here. So let's read some scriptures from James. James chapter 2, verse 23, says this. The scripture was fulfilled that says, Now Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And he was called God's friend. God's friend. And the next one, it says, This is my, Jesus speaking, This is my command, love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. Hey, that's pretty heavy duty, isn't it? Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends, Jesus said, when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and, plan and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. So here's the point. If having friends is important to God and having friends is important to Jesus, that says to me that friendship's pretty important. Would you agree? Having friends matters. It's really important. And I want to share, just quickly go through some things. Um, we all know that friends are important, but I also know that um, it's one thing to say that, but actually making it happen is, is not quite the same. It's, it's more tricky. It requires more effort. And I, wanna, I hope I can share some things with you this morning that will be helpful in this, in this whole area. So here's the thing. If Jesus is my friend, if Jesus is my friend, and he's also your friend, that means we must be friends. Is that right? You know, like a friend of a friend. Okay? Can, can you handle that? I'm your friend. Jesus is your friend, and he's my friend. That means I'm a friend of a friend. I, I'm, I'm your friend. We can be friends. And you can be friends with the person sitting next to you because it's the same principle, a friend of a friend. That's good. So, you know, you can use statistics to prove just about anything, but here's one I know to be true, and it goes like this. If people 
find true friendship within a church, they stay a lot longer. It's true. There's evidence and research to support that. If people have friends in a church, they stay a lot longer. That's why it's one of the reasons why it's important. So friendship matters in God's kingdom and in the church. And what, what I want to do, I want us to build, we already have, I know we already have it, but I want to reinforce that today, a culture of friendship. So we actually can talk about it. And, uh, you know, we're open about that and we can be intentional about that. So people often feel, I, I do know this from our society, the culture we live in, a lot of people feel like they actually have very few friends, don't have any or don't have many friends. I, I know that that's true in our society. And, uh, you know, as you get older, you've got to work harder at friendship if you haven't got that figured out already. But, uh, but friendship is so important. And I, w- I want to, as, as I said, bring some things that will help you today, I believe. There's a lot of counterfeits for friendship out there today. A lot of things that bring confusion and, you know, we've, we've got to work through and, and uh, realize that things that aren't friendship that get called friendship. Like, like if, if I just tick a box or if you tick a box on the screen, it doesn't automatically mean that you're someone's friend. Now, I hate to disappoint you. I hope that doesn't shock your world too much today. But ticking a little box on a screen doesn't automatically turn you into a friend. Friendship requires a bit more effort than that. A bit more work. Let's talk about it this morning. We need to ask the question, how does God see friendship? What, what is, what's God's idea of friendship? And let's define friendship that way, rather than just what our culture or our society or some technology defines friendship. So I'm going to read from Psalm 50. And in Psalm 50, uh, twice in the message translation, it talks about friends, about God's friends. And we're going to read about Uh, what it takes to be a friend of God. Let's read from um, Psalm 50, verse 14. God says, Spread for me a banquet of... This if you want to be God's friend. Spread for me a banquet of praise. Serve high God a feast of kept promises. And call for help when you're in trouble. I'll help you, God says. I'll help you and you'll honor me. Now, this is what God is saying. If you want to be my friend, God's friend, He said, this is what you've got to do. Now, as I was reading that through, and I, and I've, I love Psalm 50, and uh, I've actually preached from it before uh, in a completely different context, but um, as I was reading that through, I thought, well, if that's what it takes to be God's friend, surely we can get some things from this about being friends for one another as well. Because at a human level, a lot of these things work the same. And I want to just going to go through these point, three points really quickly and talk about it um, so we can get on to our sausage sizzle a bit later on okay okay so number one spread 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 for me a banquet of praise i'm going to call that positive affirmation okay it's all about affirming and you know loving god but you know what when it comes to friendship at a human level being able to affirm someone is really important and it makes a lot of difference not everyone can do that Some people really struggle with this, but I want to tell you, friend, that something powerful happens when you affirm other people, when you bless other people, and when you say to them, hey, great to see you today. You're looking great today. You know, maybe, you know, sometimes when it's across gender lines, you need to be a little bit careful how you say some of these things, but, you know, just, hey, great to see you. Awesome. You're doing well. I'm so blessed to see you. 
Those things, when you affirm someone like that, it's really good. Everyone wants to be around positive people. Is that right? Everyone wants to be around a positive person. And you can be that guy or that woman who's always finding something good to say about other people. Can we, can we as a church just think about this? Because this can become a culture that we build or we develop. Now, it's not just going to happen automatically. Like maybe, maybe you're used to this already. Maybe I'm not telling you anything new. In fact, probably not much I say will be new to you this morning. But to build it into a culture and to have a habit in our life of positively affirming people so it becomes a habit. You know, friends, what I'm talking about here is much more than just a nice thing to do. There's actually an eternal principle underneath this that I'm going to share with you. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6. This is such a powerful principle that I have seen it work universally in so many families over the years. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and, con- and consumed or con- corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Now that last little bit is the bit I want to focus on. Another translation says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. So where we invest our life, that's where our heart goes. That's where our, we, we, you know, we, we're connected to that person emotionally, where you invest your treasure. So if you start affirming someone, things like, for example, in your, in your family, find, finding your kids doing something good or right, it's really important. If you're a parent here today, Find your kids, discover your kids doing something right or good. If you're in business, find your employees doing something right so that you can affirm them. Is that okay? (laughs) There's nothing radical about this. Having been in business a lot in my lifetime, I know that this works. Find your employees doing something right. Because what happens is it builds connection and trust. And they know that as an employer, your heart is for them. In a marriage, this is so important. And the people that are struggling, if maybe you're struggling in your marriage a little bit. Maybe things aren't working so well and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough maybe sometimes. What, here's, here's a solution. Not just pray for your husband or wife to change so they'll fit in with you. Why don't you start affirming them? Why don't you start blessing them? Why don't you start finding something good to say about them and start praising them, start honoring them? Because the Bible says where you invest your treasure, your heart will follow and you'll find you'll start loving them more than you ever did before. And I know this is true, friends. I know. I know it's absolutely true that what you praise, you'll eventually love. And what you criticize, you'll eventually despise. Start affirming and blessing your husband or wife. Start investing in them. And your heart will follow. That's where you find. And you'll find those difficulties that you had might just diminish. Just diminish. What about within for, for in a friendship scenario? Start affirming and blessing that person. That's how you build connection. That's how you build the relationship. Things are, things are built when you affirm that person. And here's the thing. If, if you find it very difficult to do this, maybe, you, maybe you're struggling in yourself right now. 
and you're saying, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not a very positive person or, you know, what's there, what's there to be positive about? Maybe you're saying, you know, well, here, here's something, I'll, I'll give you a little tip today. It's a simple little thing. Just go on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer and just go into josephprince.org and look and type in um, daily grace inspirations and start reading that every day. Now, that, that website is copied to hundreds of other sites. They want to they use that same content material. Don't go to the other sites. Go to josephprince.org and start reading what he says. This is not the Bible, okay? It's just a guy. He's just a guy. But you're going to find that you'll be built up in yourself. You'll start to understand how much you are loved by God and how much you've got something positive to say to other people. That's a good little thing to do. Okay, second thing about building friendship. Um, serve high God, a feast of kept promises. It says, God says, if you want to be a friend of mine, start, you know, keeping your promises. Start doing the things that you say you would do. And this, this works at a human level exactly the same way. How come, how come God loves it when we keep our promises, you know? Oh, this is, this is a very simple question and answer. God loves it when we keep our promises because that's what God does. He keeps His promises. And when we keep our promises, He loves that. He loves that. And so at a human level, if you want to build friendships that last, that last long time, keeping your word, doing the things you said you would do is a key to building longevity into relationships. This is really simple stuff here, folks. I'm, I'm not, we're not rocket science here. This is just really basic stuff. So remember, God is much more forgiving than people are. So say, for example, you, you make a promise to God. You say, God, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you with my whole life or I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to do those things I used to do or whatever. And, and you find yourself failing and stumbling and whatever. You know, God doesn't stop loving you because His love is unconditional. And He just loves you even more. Well, he just, he just loves you. He loves you not because you are good, but because Jesus is good. So God is, loves you unconditionally, but people aren't quite as forgiving as that. So, but, but at a human level, as we're talking about here, keeping your word and doing what you say to do is one way to build longevity into a relationship. You know, um, in business, it's often found on position descriptions. When you, you read the position description, it says, we're looking for someone who understands follow-through, who has depend, who's dependable, dependability. Now, those kind of things are often stated on, you know, job ads or position descriptions. Because in business, people are looking for that. Someone who's reliable, dependable, who understands follow-through, will do what they say they would do. It's really important because in business, it builds trust. Again, it's a highly sought-after quality. And I just—I was thinking about this, and I, um, I'll let you in on a little secret about being a pastor. Sometimes you have to write references. I've written a lot of references over the years. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little bit hard. It's a bit tricky because as a, as a, as a Christian, as a, as a Jesus follower, I know that people are able to change. And God comes in, and, and there's a transforming work happening in a person's life. Matthew was talking about it before here. You know, people are growing, and, and, you know, God is doing great things in their heart. And that's wonderful to see. And so if I'm writing a reference to someone, I want to say, you know, I want to what God says, 
He calls the things that are not as though they are. Isn't that true? God, God speaks into our life and says, this is what I want you to become. He speaks prophetically into our life and says, I'm calling you to be this, this and this. When you write a reference in, in a business kind of a context, you know, they're not interested in that. They, they only want to look at history, okay? And God's prophetic. He looks at the future. He's interested in your destiny. So anyway, I'm just saying that these things, may, maybe you struggle with what I'm talking about here. Maybe in the past you've said, oh, you know, man, I've, I've said a lot of things in the past. I've never got around to doing it. Maybe, you, maybe you've been lazy. Maybe you've been disorganized. Maybe you've just been outright. No, I'm not going to go on. I could, I could say a lot more. But, but, and you know, maybe God is speaking to you right now. Maybe the Holy Spirit is just challenging you right now. And I want to tell you, you can change. Because he's speaking over your life what he wants you to become. Be a person of your word. I, um, I was just thinking of, a, of an illustration years ago when I was, I don't know, I was about 18 years old or something. And uh, we're, we're out of Chinchilla. Okay, this uh, Del's from, is that Lena? Yeah. Del's from Chinchilla. And I, and I lived there for many years. And, you know, I met her and, you know, the rest is history. But um, I was about 18 and we were, we were driving to Brisbane for a concert, okay, a rock concert, a Christian rock concert. And it was really good. Anyway, so it was about, I don't know, half a dozen cars. And I was, the car in front of me was this, this young guy. I won't mention his name, but he's a, a fairly well-known pastor in Queensland now. And, and, um, and so he, we're, we're driving down and, and um, the lights changed. And he stopped fairly quickly. And guess what? I ran into the back of him. In this really nice car, it was a quite a nice. It was like he was his pride and joy, right? Now I didn't particularly know this guy that well. He was just in the youth group there and whatever. But I, all I knew was, I stuffed it up pretty badly, and it was my fault. And so I had to fix it. I I fixed his car. You know, I, I didn't hands on fix it. I, I got some um, fix it, but but there was a lot of detail around that because it was a, like a nearly new car, and it was a fair bit of money. And um, a lot of things had to be fixed. But I, but I did. I got it fixed and I paid for it. I got, got, went through all the, the pain and the detail of that. And I want to tell you, we became the very closest of friends. And he's still a close friend today after, after many years. That's a long time ago. Still a close friend today. You know, you, you might say, well, that's just... That sort of thing, that's just being pedantic. You know, I don't, I'm not interested in that sort of detail. You might, you might say that, it's just being pedantic. And not, not everybody can cope with what I'm saying here, but I want to tell you, friends, God is pretty pedantic on some things. If he counts the number of hairs on your head, he's gone to a lot of trouble to count the hairs on my head. And a few others here, hey, Warren. But I want to tell you, God cares about little things. And if you want to build long-term, sustainable relationships, think about the detail of these things. Maybe, maybe you're here and you've been shoving things under the carpet for so long and not attending to little details. And actually, the carpet's got such lumps on it, you can't even walk on it right now. And God is saying, friends, it's time to change because follow-through matters. Here's the last thing. I'm nearly finished. God says, call for help when you're in trouble. It's the next slide. Call for help when you're in trouble. I'll help you and you'll honor me. 
God says to us, call to him for help when we're in trouble. If you want to be a friend, God says, call, call for help and I'll help you. You know, calling for help is a thing that friends do. Now, you, you, this might be new to some people here. Calling for help is a thing that friends do. And it should be intuitive. We should know this. But because of our culture that we all grow up in and we all live in, where there's a lot of independence in our culture, especially in Australia, I'd say more so in Australia than at some other countries. We're probably more independent here than some other places that, are, that I'm aware of, other countries. But we need to relearn this, that calling for help is a thing that friends actually do. There's an old saying, an old, old saying. You never hear it much these days. But it goes, a friend in need is a friend indeed. Some of the older ones here have heard that before. A friend in need is a friend indeed. There's something about friendship that you, you know you've got the confidence to ask someone for help and they'll actually come and help you. And, and I, you know what I've found? I've discovered that when you do that, so long as you don't abuse the privilege, when you do that, it actually builds a relationship. I've, I've, I've found that many times, that a friend in need is a friend indeed, actually works. It's true, so long as you don't abuse it. And right here at this point um, is where being a friend of God and a friend of people actually parts company because it's impossible to ask t too much from God. God, His supply is unlimited. You cannot ask Him for too much. But it's possible to ask for people too much. You, you, you know what I'm saying here, don't you? Some people, you know, at a human level, we have to manage this because some people are so needy that they, and they actually don't read correctly the people around them very well. So they push people away by being too needy. And yet there are other people who don't know how to ask, don't want to ask, or simply don't have the connections. But I, I want to just reinforce this point, nearly finished, that it's a healthy question to ask. It's a healthy question to ask. Who are the people who will help me if I have a crisis? And I want to ask our creative team to come back right now. Who are the people who will help me if I have a crisis. Now, I, I hope that all of us here have got the freedom and the confidence to ask that question. And maybe, if, maybe if when, I, when I put that to you, maybe it's a, a str you're struggling to answer that question, then I simply want to say to you, and I'm not trying to back anyone into a corner here or anything like that, but one of the best ways to build connection and friendship and relationships is get into a small group, actually. And we've got some amazing small groups here. We're about to start some other new ones shortly. And look, if, you, if you're not in a small group and, and, you, and you recognize, you're saying, you know, he's talking to me. Actually, turn to the person next door and say, he's talking to you. But, but actually, I'm talking to, every, talking to everyone here. I'm talking to everyone here. If you're not in a small group and, and you'd like to be, come and, come and see me, see Del, see Tegan up the back, see Dave Siler, see Dave up the back. Well, he's, out, he's out there cooking the snags at the moment. But look, see any of these people, and uh, or if you, maybe, you, maybe you just want to start a new group, come and, come and see us as well. well. We'll help you. Because it's a wonderful thing to do, to be able to get together with people, 
on a regular basis. Doesn't mean you're in their pocket. Doesn't mean they're control, you know, there's any kind of control. It's not about that. It's about support. It's about friendship. It's about love. It's about blessing. It's about being able to help one another. And it's about growing as a believer. You know, because one thing I've discovered also, it's very hard to grow as a Christian when you're in isolation. Very, very difficult. Very, very hard. When you're with other believers, they bring out the best and sometimes the worst of us, and we can grow through those situations. Here's my last point. My last point is that Jesus was called a friend of sinners. That means he's my friend. That means he's your friend. Because he was called a friend of sinners. That means he's ready to help. That means he is saying, Jesus is saying to us this morning, you know, call to me for help in your time of trouble. I will deliver you. I'll I'll help you. I'll help you. Can we we just close our eyes for a moment? Because uh, I want to encourage you this morning to have that confidence to reach out to him for a start. Say, Jesus, would you help me? I just need help. All All of us, you know, we need to be able to pray that prayer. Maybe it's only a one-word prayer. It just goes, help to God. Yeah, that's okay. You know, we, could, we could all say that. It's a simple, if you don't know how to pray, you can say that one word, two words, God help. God help me. And Jesus says, come to me in your time of trouble and I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. And you know, I, I you know, this, is, this message is really about us being able to help one another again at a human level but Father I just pray for every person in this room today Lord that our hearts will be open to you that we'll be able to receive from you the things that you are pouring into our lives Lord your your goodness that you're pouring into our lives today and I pray Lord each person there's someone here that doesn't have that personal connection with you maybe there's someone here that's never asked you into their life and I want to ask you this morning friends if that's you maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart and right now he's just tugging at your heart saying yeah that's that's you why don't you why don't you respond because he wants to come in maybe, maybe you've known him in the past but right now you know that you're away from him and there's an opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus can we stand? Thank you.